Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Stuckers, Chell and Josh coming at you with another fantastical episode of the Unstuck Institute. Today, it, Josh is educating us on freelancers. If you guys listen to Cash Fry over the past couple of weeks, slash maybe months at this point, you will know that Josh is pretty savvy with hiring freelancers and kind of getting through that nitty gritty, maybe even scary hiring process. So he's here to educate us about that today. And without further ado, Josh Bain, what's up, bro? Hey, what's up, bro? How you doing? I'm pretty good, pretty good. Jeff? Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Excellent. Uh, yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for that glorious introduction. Uh, as Chell said, I am not an expert, uh, nor do I pretend to be one. But of the two of us, I have hired more freelancers. And therefore, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what little I know. Um and I'll, I'll preface this with saying, if you're out there and you're like, I know more than that, or I have better ideas, uh, hit us up on Instagram or email us or whatever, because we'd love to hear your ideas too. But yeah, so what I've been doing is uh, for, well, for six months now, I've been, I've had a freelancer kind of in person. It's a virtual freelancer, but it's a friend in Albuquerque. And um, I've had in the last couple months, freelancers through a website called Upwork where you can hire freelancers similar to, you know, Fiverr and, and places like that. Um, and I just thought I'd, I'd talk a little bit about it because, you know, for me and Chell, we're both solopreneurs technically. Um, and I've been more and more branching out into becoming less and less of a solopreneur, which is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I thought I'd demystify it and explain... Um, how it's going and and see uh and tell you what i think of it which uh spoiler alert it's great <laughs> <laughs> um but it it does come with some downsides which we'll get to okay so first of all why freelancers you might be thinking um i am a solopreneur i don't have any money i whatever is holding you back um that's cool and that might be valid and depending on your industry you might always be a solopreneur and that's cool but you might need help from time to time. The great thing about freelancers is they are uh, per contract. They're on like a contract basis, right? So you can hire them for a project. You can hire them just to make a fancy. I know a guy who hired a freelancer to make a fancy Excel spreadsheet using all the like things that only Excel super nerds know. Um, and it was just a one-off, like make me this thing that does all these functions. Great. Um, so you can hire a freelancer just to basically make you a thing or for a short term, if you want to, if you're a solopreneur and you want to take a vacation, you can hire a freelancer to check your email, <laughs> answer your phone, stuff like that. Like, just think about it in terms of, of short term commitment. That helps me get over the hump of like, oh, God, like hiring somebody is like a commitment. I have to pay them every, you know, two weeks forever. Yeah. <laughs> that means I have to make the money to do that. It's not just my paycheck on the line anymore. Right. So, um, 
So when you're talking about freelancers, it's just, it's, it's more contained. It's easier to wrap your head around. It's like, okay, in the next month, I'd like to accomplish X. I think it'll cost Y. Can I afford that in my budget, right? Um, so here's why I think you should definitely push yourself to hire freelancers. Um, one, if there's, a, if there's something you need that you are unable to do yourself, for instance, my friend, uh, actually guest, uh, friend of the show, and uh, guest number one on this podcast, Patrick Olivas, he's the guy I'm referring to as, uh, as the guy who hired to get a fancy spreadsheet created. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. If, yeah, if you can't get something done with your own skill set, then hire somebody who knows that to just do a quick thing for you. Also, let me say that I think there's a lot of solopreneur mentality, hustle mentality around, well, I can't do it as my current skill set, but I could sure learn that. I can Google that. I can watch a lot of YouTube. And yes, yes, you can. But some things are like, I can do that and it'll take me an hour. Some things are like, I can do that and it'll take all week and I can't do anything else. <laughs> you know. And if it's one of those latter things, I think too many solopreneurs, myself included, go, oh, I can just do that. I'll figure it out. And you don't, you don't plan ahead. You just start, you just jump in and then you realize, oh, I wasted all that time. I would have much rather have spent 50 bucks <laughs> having yeah. someone else do that rather than wasting all my week not making money and making a fancy spreadsheet in this case. Um, so that's, that's one reason I think to do it is, is if there's something you can't do and you can't learn to do it super quick, just hire, just get, just get it done. Cause you're in business making money, doing the thing that you're an expert on, which leads me to point number two. If there's something that you can do, but you make, a lot more money doing something else. Like in my case, I make a lot of money per hour fixing a computer versus how much time I spend writing a blog article or something, right? So for me, it's very useful to be answering the phone and fixing computers. And I should hire out for the things that my business needs, but doesn't necessarily uh, translate to an hourly that I get paid to do, right? If I can hire out for way less than my hourly to fix computer, it makes sense to just hire out. Otherwise, like if you look at me, like, so I'm $95 an hour on site as a computer IT guy, right? So if I go to your office or house, it's $95 an hour. If I think, okay, what I need to do is uh, my own bookkeeping, for instance, um, and I consider myself $95 an hour, is it worth me struggling for three to five hours at $95 an hour, you know, losing the opportunity to make $95 an hour? Or is it worth me going, doing the thing I'm, a, I'm an expert in at $95 an hour to be able to then turn around and pay somebody at 30 bucks an hour to do what they're an expert in, which will also probably be like one or two hours versus my three to five, because I'm, I don't like it and I struggle with it. So all that is is your why, right? I just want to push people to like really start thinking about your team as more than just you. And it doesn't mean that you're going to have a full-time team tomorrow. It just means the internet's full of people that want to work. <laughs> and you can find people that are experts in things you're not an expert on for maybe cheaper than you think. So that's why. I just think everyone should 
take a hard look at your business and think, what am I doing that I hate, that takes way too long, that um, that somebody else could do, that would that would free up my time to go make more income than I'm spending, right? Okay. So the downside, I mentioned there are downsides to hiring, and this is going to be for all hiring, regardless. Now, as I mentioned, I hired a, a virtual assistant like six months ago that is 10 hours a week on a contract. Um, and that is just a friend I've known forever that I hired to do that. Um, and that's outside of any website. I've also hired plenty on Upwork, which we'll get into in a bit. But no matter what, hiring takes a lot of time. And I think that's that holds a lot of people back. Um, the time of finding the person, hiring the person, training the person, and training is not just a one-time activity, it's ongoing. <laughs> so like you have, when you, when you start your, your new hire, right? Day one, you're like, okay, here's all the things. And you might expect like, okay, I'm just going to take a morning off and train the person and then, and then let them go. No, <laughs> like it, it's definitely time consuming, but it is so worth the investment in that time because it takes, it takes a while to on-ramp them. But once they even duplicate yourself at like 50% capacity, if they can do what you do, you know, at 50% capacity or even better than what you can do, like in the example of like my bookkeeper who does it a lot faster than I would, then, then they're, they're so worth it. Um, and a lot of people, especially solopreneurs have that mindset of, I can just do it myself. It takes so much time to explain it. I might as well have just done it. Yes. But that is short-term thinking in this one instance. (laughs) Like if I, if I either explain to my assistant, for instance, how to update the website versus just updating the website. Yes, it'll be faster for me to update the website than for me to train her to update the website. But long-term thinking, if I train her to update the website, it takes a little longer this time. Next time she does it with a few questions and some help from me along the way. The next time she probably does it all by herself and from then on, you have that time freed up. So kind of think about it that way that like, yeah, there is an on-ramp. And, and sometimes that that's hard to get through when you're in this like go, go, go mentality. Um, but it is, it's a long-term investment and it's not that long-term, but it's long, longer term than like today. <laughs> and you got to yeah. think about that as as the reason you're hiring is so that you can free up your time eventually, not today, but eventually. And it probably take, depending on the project and the whatever, you know, for me, it, it took definitely like a month or two before I felt my 10 hour a week virtual assistant was just kind of automated. She knew what she had to do every week and asked me questions here and there, but it was like, cool. My time is freed up to go fix computers and make money that way. How did you, train your virtual assistant? Good question. So first day she came into the shop and we walked through everything I could think of, (laughs) which uh, looking back is the wrong way to do it because I have since learned a better way to do it. Um, Because she was virtual and we were in the middle of a pandemic and stuff, she didn't come in ever again after that point. Um, 
And so we had to learn how to work asynchronously. So we have like a Trello board where we have projects tracked and whatnot, and we have comments back and forth. That's where she can ask me a lot of questions and I can assign her tasks during the week very easily. I've been using a screen recording software called Loom, but there are plenty of others out there. Uh, and what's great about Loom is that it downloads to your PC or Mac. You record your screen and or your camera. Um, and then it automatically uploads to uh, to Loom's website. So it's kind of like a YouTube video without having to actually upload to YouTube. And so I just started doing training videos like that. Like, okay, new task. I need you to do this. And I made a five-minute video, uploaded it to Loom. By the way, if it's under five minutes, it's free on Loom. What? <laughs> Hence, five minutes. Um, sometimes <laughs> I made two five-minute videos. Ooh. <laughs> wild. But, <laughs> wild. Um, but the point is I made those videos and they're uploaded to a website and I just send her a link and say, hey, new task, I need you to do this. Here's the how-to. Boom. What's great about that and, and why it's better than when I had her come in in person and I explained everything to her is when she came in in person and I explained everything to her, she had to take notes. And taking notes, uh, one, takes time. And B, I'm not positive she took the notes that I thought were important. You know, like when you're yeah. just learning something and you have no idea what to write down, but you're just writing down notes, like maybe you got most of it, but probably not all of it, you know, and it, most of it's good for that situation. <laughs> but um, I would say that the the loom thing that I, I moved into as we were virtual and she never came in again was more valuable because now she has a reference video. She has some tasks now that she does monthly or even less. And so if she did it once a month ago, she doesn't remember how to do it. You know? And so yeah. she can just click that link again, watch that video again and be like, oh, right. Yeah, right. Got it. And do it again. So, so now we have kind of a reference library of how-to guides for how JBit operates, which is super awesome. Um, yeah, that, I think that answered your question. <laughs> okay. So VA versus Upwork. I'm assuming you... I'm assuming her tasks are a little bit more intimate than your Upwork people are. And for anyone listening to Cash Fry on a regular basis, they know that your Upwork people are mostly doing like SEO and behind the scenes stuff. So I'd love to know like the differentiation of like how you task out and how you determine whether you need a VA versus someone on Upwork. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a great question. It's just, it's going to be per, per your business for me. Um, I needed a VA uh, to to be pitching out mostly for my music licensing business and do a few things for JBit here and there. And, um, and so that was a little more like, hey, get in my inbox and, <laughs> and stuff like that. And I, and I wanted that to be, first of all, that was my first hire. Um, and yeah. I wanted that to be someone... I uh, trusted. And so I knew someone I trusted uh, very, very much and known forever. And I know she's a good worker. Um, I, I know a lot of her ex-bosses because they are ex-client or they are current clients of mine for the yeah. IT business who who sing her praises as, a, as an employee. So like, I, there were just so many reasons to trust this person, which just hyper hyperspeed, lightspeed track for for the hiring process. So that's kind of why I hired her for the VA role. And 
and it was just perfect timing. I needed someone at the time when she needed some very part-time work. So it worked out great. Cool. Um, yeah, for freelancers, it was more, uh, I don't know anybody who um, does SEO at a low enough price that I can uh, charge more on top of it and turn it around, you know, totally. to a client. So I needed to, I need, the only people I knew uh, are also in Albuquerque and charge a premium and like, well, I could never like, probably, I mean, don't hold yourself back, I guess, but I feel like I could never like take their price point at a hundred dollars or $200 a month to it and then sell it to a client. They'd be like, that is so much money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I needed to find someone who would work with me on on like if I can get you consistent work, can you give me kind of a deal, and we can, uh, I can manage the project and make my money managing the project, but you do the expertise that I don't know how to do, which is SEO, right? Totally. So, uh, yeah. So so here here's my process for for Upwork. So if you're gonna hire somebody for a, a one time project or an ongoing project. Like SEO is, is ongoing. I had one person, uh, so a lot of my websites, my personal websites are on, are uh, hosted on Wix.com and they have like an SEO wizard, which again, I could do and it would take me a couple hours or I could hire somebody on Upwork to do it for a lot less and, and they know, and that's all they do, you know, yeah. and, and the wizard's pretty easy, but it was like, well, I, I'd rather just pay out for this so I can go make some money doing some other stuff. So I had one person go through all my websites, one project at a time and, and do the, the Wix SEO wizard, which is, you know, it's not like super complicated. It's not super robust in terms of actual SEO, but it's, it's the basics and you need that done. So yeah. I did that at one point. And then later I've, I've now had, uh, two different SEO, uh, freelancers doing my website and a client's website on SEO and reporting back to me. So that, uh, here's a fast tip. The reason I did that is, uh, I didn't want to be in a position where I had one freelancer and they dropped off the face of the earth for some reason. They decided they didn't want to do it anymore. And then I had to start the hiring process all over again on a client's website, which means I'm just like down, we're not doing any work, you know? Yeah. So I wanted two and hopefully both of them worked out, but if one didn't work out, I can just switch. Um, and if both of them work out and one of them disappears, uh, I just have another trustworthy person to be like, Hey, I need you to pick up this website too, if you're interested. And there usually are. So, so that's kind of why I did that. But Here's here's my process. Here's the quick down and dirty for hiring on Upwork if you're going to do anything remotely like this. One, post the job. Don't waste any time scrolling through freelancers or searching for freelancers. Mm -hmm. It's um, a waste of time <laughs> because uh, that's the first thing I did. I searched for freelancers. I found somebody like right next door in Arizona <laughs> next date over. Uh, mm -hmm. And I like reached out to him. I was like, I need this and this and this. What do you think? And he was like, great, I'll get back to you next Monday. And I was like, great. And I never heard from him again. So mm -hmm. my limited experience is if you go headhunting, um, you're going to waste a lot of time because you're going to run into people who 
aren't ready for work at the moment, even if they're on Upwork, they might be busy or got another job, but they haven't quite closed down their Upwork profile yet or something like that. Versus if you post a job, then you make them come to you, which means, boom, checkbox number one. I have people who are interested in the position. So it's, it's just... Like save yourself the headache and the hassle. It's it's definitely the way to do it. I think this is going to be obvious to most people, but it's not the way I did it as a beginner. So I'm sure there are people out there like me who are like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> one, post your job. When you're posting your job, ask questions in your posting. Ask for um, budget, how much they think it'll cost or how much time they think it'll take yeah. um, or both. Ask for background Um if it's a project that requires like licensing or experience in some way or a portfolio, like if they're going to build a website for you, you can ask like, please send me links to like two or three websites you've built. Yeah. Right. Um, this is great for one, just for vetting. Like if, if they, if you can look at their websites that they've built, you kind of get a gauge on their design style if you like that. And if, and if it, if they're still designing in a style that looks like a, 1998 website or like a modern website right and that'll that'll help you decide too but the reason i say to definitely ask questions no matter what even if you don't think you necessarily need to ask anything hyper specific like that or need to see a portfolio ask a question because you're gonna see within like an hour at least it's been my experience you're gonna see 50 proposals come in 50 people want that job um and of those 50, 40 of them will answer your, no, wait, 40 of them won't answer your question. And what that means to me is it's somebody who's just like, yep, click it, I want it, yep, click it, I want it, yep, click it, I want it. I want someone with attention to detail if yeah. I'm hiring. I want someone who actually responds to my question so that I don't have to ask the question three times in a row to get something done because that wastes my time during the week, right? Totally. So. That's that's why I say ask a question and see if they actually read your proposal or if they just read the title and said, yep, I can do it. And here's a form letter that I send to everybody. Form letters are okay, but they got to customize it at least a little bit. You know, it could be like, here's the form letter and here's the answer to your question. Great. Cool. (laughs) I'm cool with like time saving hacks like a form letter. That's totally cool. Just you've got to pay attention to what I'm asking for. Um, Okay, so then. Read their responses um, because if you're, you can on Upwork, by the way, you can hire only in your country and you can hire globally. So it's up to you on your job. Some things I would very much only hire um, in my country and some things I don't mind globally. Um, But the SEO thing for me, because it's an English speaking uh, website, Mm -hmm. needs to be someone who's fluent in English. And so that was my requirement. It can be anywhere in the world, but it's got to be someone who's fluent in English. Um, As such, reading their response is key because there's a lot of people who think they're fluent in another language. I'm not one of them. (laughs) 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 Um, And and they're not. And, And like, you know, power to people who speak more than one language. I'm the asshole who does not speak more than one language. However, I just need, in this case, someone who's actually fluent in English. Um, And so there's two reasons there. One, it's how 
how well do you understand them as the employer? Like if you ask questions and they respond, you need to be able to understand, not spend, you know, five messages going back and forth to get to the answer because you weren't sure what they said. Um, and then two, if the job demands it, do they need to be fluent in your language? Um, in most cases, probably, but I'm sure, you know, the guy building the spreadsheet doesn't necessarily need to understand English um, as long as he can communicate with the employer, right? Yeah. So, so just keep that in mind. So reading their responses will tell you a lot about their hand, their grasp on the language. From there, read their reviews and see if they're verified. There is like a verified little blue check, like on Twitter or something, um, that that is on Upwork. And all that means is that like they've uploaded their driver's license or something, and they really are the person they say they are. Um, as much as Upwork can verify. I think that's just helpful in boosting confidence when you're hiring somebody on the internet, you know, somebody you don't know, like that's, that's just helpful to see that. Um, so again, of those like 50 proposals, maybe eight of them were verified, you know, yeah. 10 of them answered the question, eight of them were verified. So I feel like that's, that's a small price to pay uh, to go through the, the hoops of being verified to make people trust you more and want to hire you so i i'm more i'm i haven't i haven't exclusively hired verified people but i'm more likely to just based on that uh they seem like a real person with they've submitted you know tax documentation or whatever yeah. <laughs> to upwork um and then read the reviews and actually read them um if you skim them that's fine too. if they have a lot of reviews i always skim looking for anything in the two to four range because i feel like Someone who leaves a one-star review, uh, maybe the maybe the freelancer is having a bad day. Maybe the client was an asshole. Like, you know, it just yeah. happens. I have clients who who have come and gone and hate me, and I don't think I'm much of an asshole. And and it just happens. That's how business works. So I'm not too concerned about one-star reviews. Five-star reviews are too fluffy and glowing. Like, I got it. People like it. But I really read the ones that are in the two to four range because they're going to say, probably good things and bad things. Like I'll see things that say like the work was excellent, but it was delayed by a week, you know, yeah. or the work was amazing, but, um, but communication was hard because of language barrier or something like that. I'm like, Oh, that's like useful information. So skim the two to fours. And then from there I pick like two to four people who are in the right price range, have the best proposal, seem to do the work, have good reviews, all that stuff. And I actually interview them. Uh, I don't think everyone interviews all the time, but I think it's it's pretty key, especially if you're hiring worldwide to see somebody on camera. You can do like a video chat right through Upwork. You can see somebody on camera and you can get a sense for how quick can they answer questions. Yeah. And I think that's also another level of verification, right? Like seeing someone in person. Yeah, totally, totally. And, it, and there's... And to me, there's just a bigger trust factor. You know, if mm -hmm. you can actually see someone's face and hear their voice, you're like, okay, you're real. Totally. <laughs> it doesn't mean they're not a scammer. They could be. But like, if you go through everything I just mentioned, I think you have a good chance. And so far in my in my small amount of doing it um, on Upwork, I, I've not been scammed. Things are working well. People are delivering what they say they'll deliver. And... I think it's it's partially this verification process of 
of not just picking the lowest price or the first one that comes in, but really going going through this. So it's it's a long held idea in business that you want to hire slow and fire fast. Um, and so this is the higher slow portion. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it goes back to my downside, right? All of this takes time. It's a long-term investment. Um, if it's a one-off, like the spreadsheet example I mentioned, it's a long-term investment of having that spreadsheet. Um, if it's an ongoing relationship, like my SEO stuff, then it's a long-term investment of making monthly income and um, having monthly work for both you and the freelancer and having a, a happy client. So. Um, so that's, that's all I got. <laughs> I think it was really valuable information because that may be, that may be the hesitation for people to either get a VA or hire on Upwork. I know still as an entrepreneur, I'm like, eh, I can do it faster, but I'm also in kind of a weird growth stage. So if you can spend more time in your business, making the money rather than working on it, and you can kind of outsource some of those tasks, then do it. Right. Yeah, do it. Just absolutely. Ex explore on Upwork. Explore different VAs. Upwork can typically be a little bit more affordable than VAs if you're concerned about the price. So interview some people. What's the worst that can happen? You don't hire them, right? Start the process yeah. if you feel like you need it. Absolutely. And I will be uh, if. And for those who listen to Casual Friday, stay tuned <laughs> because I'm talking about turning my VA, my 10 hour a week VA into a full-time employee over the next year or so. So there's going to be a lot of talk on casual Fridays from me about like, well, I thought about this. I think she could do that instead of me. And that frees me up to do X, Y, and Z. So, so that'll be, you know, go back a couple of weeks, but also listen from this point forward, because you're going to hear me in real time trying to figure this out. And that could help you uh, realize what you might want or need to do. The Unstuck Institute podcast is brought to you by Chell's Save Time in the Cucina mini course. Experiencing decision fatigue, feeling uninspired to cook, resorting to pre-made meals and ordering in more than you'd like? Check out my Save Time in the Cucina mini course to learn time-saving cooking skills so that even on busy weeknights, you can get a meal on the table in 30 minutes or less. Check out the link in the show notes to learn more. The Unstuck Institute podcast is also brought to you by our awesome new life book, Want to get a handle on your life and where you're going? Lack of productivity keeping you down? Download our free workbook to get clear on where you want to go in life and use the Lifebook system to keep yourself on track and be more productive in your life. Download the Unstuck Institute Lifebook today at www.unstuck.institute slash lifebook. Remember, it's free. It's time for a recap. This is what I got from what Josh was talking about. One, hire out if the task is going to cost you less than your hourly wage and time. Two, hiring can be time consuming, but it's worth the investment in that time. Three, ask questions on Upwork when you post a job. If they take the time to answer it, they'll probably pay attention to detail. Four, skim the two to four star reviews. They'll depict the good and the bad. And that's a wrap on episode 146. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. And follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute. Check out episodes one, two, and three to learn more about the Unstuck Institute, Josh, and myself. And if you love our podcast and would like to help us out, leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out the show a ton.
ton. If you do that, you'll be entered in a drawing to win a 30-minute brainstorming coaching session with Josh and myself. For instructions on how to leave a review, go to our website, unstuck.institute. Talk to you next week. We'll be talking with Holly Margell about photography and growing your own business. Nothing we do is more important than hiring and developing people. At the end of the day, you bet on people, not strategies. Lawrence Basidi.